Hello. Um, before I start, I want to share with you this verse. Um, it's Galatians 5.13. For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as opportunities for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Galatians 5.13. Okay. Here goes my testimony. My dad, my, my earthly dad, he is a pastor. And that right there, that sentence right there carries a lot of favor but also a lot of weight. And uh, not long after my parents moved to the States, I, I moved to the States when I was about eight, about eight years old, I realized that my parents were being uh, persecuted with words and gossip by the very own people they came to help guide to Christ. And um, these were the people that share the same language, same food, and same heritage. And... Um, all my parents could do was just, um, yeah, there was a lot of spirit of witchcraft within the Korean American church. And then all my parents could do at that time, they were totally just caught off guard, I guess. Um, they were young. And all they could do was just pray with passion and tears. And all I could do was just watch. And, you know, as a, as a 10-year-old looking at my parents, you know, just I, I kind of know what's going on, but I know that they're being persecuted. And all I could do was just, um, just be the perfect child. Do not cause any problems. And um, I was the perfect child, actually, and with words and action. And I tried as best as I can to be a saint. And slowly I was losing my freedom without even knowing it. And at church, I, was pre I, I pretty much did everything the church and my dad wanted and needed me to do. I was the pianist. I was a translator. I was a choir director, and I was a little bit of my dad's personal assistant. And, um, but everything was done in a heart of a slave. Just, um, and also, at the same time, unknowingly, everything was me-centered. Like, I did these things. I played piano. I, I was the translator, and I was the director. So I can get, um, so I would be rewarded by God. Yeah, and then, um, uh, yeah, I did these things to earn earthly and heavenly blessings. And I didn't, for some time, I didn't even like compliments. I didn't even like it when somebody came up to me, like after service and said, Anna, you did a good job on the piano. I didn't even like hearing that because I thought if I heard that, I would have less, I would be rewarded less in heaven or God would re reward me less here on earth. And then I was looking at the secondary rewards and uh, most of the time. And I missed out on the primary rewards, which was Jesus in glorifying and in the joy of glorifying him. I never did anything bad as a child or even as a teenager much. But I had this bitter hatred against Korean Americans because from what I saw when I was young. Um, I've had acquaintances, Korean American acquaintances, but I've never had a Korean American, a Korean American even Korean friend growing up. Yeah. And by hating, I was also losing little, the little bit of freedom I had left. And yeah, so I came to Korea for many reasons, and one of the reasons was to escape. I, I couldn't handle hanging out with my friends, like at the mall or even at the Noribang, and checking out, oh, are there Koreans around? And if I did see Koreans or a group of people that looked Korean or Korean-American, I, I, my heart would just totally shut, and I would build a wall around it, and then I just, or I just walk the other direction. Yeah, um, yeah. First couple of months in Korea was pretty nice. I had a nice job, very international friends, a place to live, and I was plugged into a Korean church. 
But then I started to feel lonely. I was plugged into a Korean church, but I couldn't really relate to any of them. I couldn't even talk to any of them. The most I could say was hi. Yeah. I was, um, I really felt like my world, uh, my world was just in between two worlds. I really felt like trapped. Yeah. And during this time came loneliness. And then I met a guy. Sexual sins were made. And that was my, the, the very first bump on the road. And on one Friday night, feeling really lonely, I felt I drank alcohol like it was water. And that was the very first vodka experience in Korea. And um, I passed that out at my friend's house. And on the first night of massive drinking, my friends told me, and just have in mind, my friends are atheists. They don't, they don't believe in God. But while I was passed out in God, they said they were... They said they were scared of me because I was making demonic noises all throughout the night. Yeah, and that was the pinpoint of, that was the start of, that day was the starting point of my obsession with alcohol. And yeah, yeah. As my, but as my friend's contracts all ended, and one by one they left the country, and um, Alcohol became my friend. Alcohol led to me to smoking, and all of this led to more sexual sin. And by this time, it was, yeah, club hopping, yes, kissing, making out with guys and girls. Just, I, I just didn't care. I just had to fill the, fill the void. Um, yeah. If I, didn't, if I didn't have Jesus in my life right now, one night stands, it, I, it would not be a foreign idea to me right now. Yeah. But anyways, as I looked, I looked forward to Fridays, Friday evenings of the week. By um, by the point, by this point, I couldn't feel God's love. Um, I was ashamed. I wanted to hide from Him because I thought if I hid from Him, I, um, I He wouldn't be able to see me, and He wouldn't be able to see the sin in my life. And then the summer of '09, I got a new job. And with this new job came a week, one week of orientation. Although alcohol was not permitted during this time, I didn't care. During orientation, I met Sole. <laughs> it was, and um, yeah, it was last night of the orientation. I was too, and I got, I was too hammered to pack my bags. And Sole, she offered to help me pack. While packing, I shared with Sole how I uh, I became a holy drunk, I guess, <laughs> and then I <laughs> I started to you know talk about God, talk about church. I don't really remember, but um, and then I specifically told her that oh I can't feel God's love anymore, and I started crying, and then I think I scared her a little bit, <laughs> and she mentioned that she knows this English church uh, that's in Shilim, and she wanted me to come with her. Um, yeah, and I came to New Philly. New Philly was great. I, I stood amazed and shocked as all these young people were shouting the Bible verses during the call to worship. All these young people were so passionately singing a, uh, without embarrassment. They were so free in God. And, um, yeah, they were so much, there was so much energy. And even in my dull spirit, I could, I could feel a sudden shift around me. Um, yeah. I now know that meeting Sole and having her guide me to New Philly was truly a divine setup. Yeah, I went to all the SNL gatherings from henceforth. I took, to, 
I took the membership class and joined S joined a Sunday Bible study, a Song of Solomon. Yeah, I wanted to get married. <laughs> um, but anyhow, my my new school put me to live in Banghua. If you don't know where Banghua is, look at line five and look at the very last stop. That's past Kimpo Airport. That's that's Banghua. Um, yeah. Panghua was 45 minutes away from my school by bus, and my mother, who was, who was visiting at that time, she, she panicked. She thought that was too, too much of a bus ride, and she looked everywhere for different housing, but she had no luck. But I, for some reason, I had just really peace about living in Panghua, even if there weren't well-known restaurants or stores, not even McDonald's, near sight. Yeah. Yeah, Panghua. Do we have McDonald's now? No? Okay. All right. And also, it took me about an hour and a half to get to church, but I still came. Through random people, I got to know about this guy with a car who also lives in Panghua, named J.M. <laughs> On the first Sunday, I heard about him. J.M. wasn't at church. Yeah, I asked people where he was, and this girl named G told me that he was at a soccer camp. So I thought, oh, soccer camp, he must not really be into church. So eventually, <laughs> so eventually um, yeah, he gave me car rides after church and after Friday fire whenever I came. And, um, yeah, be- and because I thought he wasn't a church guy, I, I was able to tell him things that I would normally not, <laughs> normally not share with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then he would counsel me, and then during our car rides, he would counsel me, he would pray for me, and he got me to volunteer at the orphanage, and he even helped me out with discernment um, with a guy problem. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just end it there. But anyways, um, yeah, he, J.M. really spoke life over me and guided me, and um, guided me, the lost orphan sheep. Back to Jesus. Um, eventually, I joined a small group. My small group leader was initially Lisa Kim. Uh, there you are, okay, <laughs> Lisa Kim. But she, but the um, Itaewon church plant started, so she went to Itaewon. That's when I met Sunny. She knew that our meeting was a divine appointment from the get-go, and I, I didn't at the time, but now I know. Now I know. Uh, she was able to accept the sensitive and sometimes moody sides of me. Like, like my mother. She was very accepting. And when I thought I was going to backslide again, she interceded. And next thing I knew, I was closer to God than ever. Uh, through her words of wisdom, I became so much clear in my identity as a Christian and in my identity as a worship leader. Um, and also after Kirk Bennett and Rodney Henderson visited last year, and after my dad visited IHOP, I became more interested in the house of prayer. I was growing closer to God literally day by day. I found a new identity in him as a bride and as his beloved. I am his and he is mine. And um, what I hear frequently is that some people will say, well, that goes the same for everybody. That holds true for everybody. So that doesn't really mean anything to me. But I tell them, yes, it does hold true for everybody, but who cares? It true holds for me. Amen. Yeah. Now that I think of it, I took the SVS Song of, Solom- uh, Song of Solomon because I, I heard it prepares for uh, people to marriage. 
But I, but I truly, I truly think that God prompted me to take this SBS. He was calling me the, the dark girl who is truly unworthy to come into his garden. He was calling me to come into his palace, his kingdom. Yeah. Other than people I've mentioned here, um, many people have truly spoken life over me, like Brady, who gives me words of encouragement, always with the perfect divine timing. And Pastor John and the prayer team's pray, uh, praise team's prayers, they're always very, very effective prayers. And Anita, who's always there for advice and prayer. And G, her, her motherly hugs, Pastor Christian and Pastor Aaron, whose words of wisdom have healed and shaped me and guided me in so many ways. Um, yeah, after living a life of mental, physical confinement and limitation, after coming to Korea, seeking and finding a flesh, fleshly freedom, and after I finally opened my ears and heart and heard Jesus' cry, calling me to be his beloved, his perfect bride, I have now found freedom. Freedom to shout and praise of the Lord, freedom to dance for my king, and the freedom to be just me in front of him. Just like how the prodigal son was given gifts from his father, even after he went and squandered all of his inheritance away on foolish things, God was more than willing to have his arms wide open and give me double portions. And he welcomed me back to his house. He welcomed me back to him because that's where I belong. And now that I've found freedom and found my love, I come to God with the heart of a servant. I want to serve him by sharing the love that he gives, that he gave me. God is love. Thank you.